Welcome to the Ether. Today is Friday, April 29th, 2022. Today on the Ether, the Excalibur DeFi AMA hosted by Orbital Command. Let's take a listen. Just a bit of context here. Today we are going to be speaking with Galahad Grail, as he goes by on Twitter. Um, he is one of the main figures behind the Excalibur Exchange, built on Phantom. Um, now, typically, here's the quick spiel of what I said a moment ago that you didn't hear. Is Typically, we talk to people who are building on Terra specifically. I have spoken to the guys at ThorSwap. I have spoken to, you know, Tim Mintimi, who is an educator for Cosmos um, in the past. And what I want to do is start, you know, having conversations with people operating outside of Terra specifically because, as we all know, UST is chain agnostic. It doesn't care. It doesn't discriminate. And it wants to be on as many exchanges and chains as possible. And so what I'd love to do today is, Basically, bring some awareness to people that may not already be using uh, Excalibur Exchange. Uh, learn a bit from Galahad about the ins and outs of you know running Excalibur, and then also thoughts on De- DeFi in general, decentralization in general, uh, and just sort of see where where it goes. So, with that being said, Galahad, I can see that you are now available to speak. How are you going there? Doing, doing well. Doing well. <laughs> Fantastic to hear. Whereabouts are you at the moment at this uh, time and location in the world if you uh, are not anon? Uh, I am anon, but uh, yeah, but I'll just, I'll just have I'm in Asia right now. You're in Asia. Okay, fantastic. So we're probably on not too dissimilar of a time zone. It's currently just after lunchtime here. Um, so good. You probably, you're probably quite alert, awake, and ready to have a conversation. Absolutely. Mate, thank you first and foremost for jumping on. Do you, um, do you just out of curiosity, have you been on any Orbital Command spaces in the past? Are you familiar with these spaces? Uh, so I, I went back. So simple answer, no. Not, I'm, I'm actually admittedly not as regular on Twitter as maybe I should be. Sure, gotcha. Too busy working, too busy doing some other things. Twitter is well, it's yeah, fun, busy but building. it's also Carry on. Busy building. Busy building, biddling. Um, great. Well, that's what we're going to get into the nooks and crannies of today. Um, obviously, I want to just say thank you for your time. The way it's going to work just for everyone, about 55 minutes uh, in total that we'll have here. Uh, we'll wrap this up in 55 minutes' time. Um, I'll ask some questions. If you have some questions that come up, feel free to ask them. Uh, probably in about 20 minutes, we'll open up the space for some questions. Uh, but ultimately, let's get down to business. So, Galahad. Just want to check in with you. Phantom. We're building on Phantom. You've, you guys launched on Phantom uh, last month. Was it last month or the month before? You've been fully live since early March. Talk to me. What's, uh, what's the story there? Why Phantom? Why Phantom? Great question. So, you know, I think 
we we definitely spent as a team a lot of time looking at you know where to launch and and you know with a lot of the tools that we were looking at um you know i think there was a few things that that came to mind on phantom obviously the tech stack itself for the chain is great and and there are and the foundation and what they're doing in terms of a product i think we we were definitely very impressed with. We saw a very wide open ecosystem. It, it was it's an it was an ecosystem where you know uh, new projects were being able to launch, being able to get traction. There, there was a lot. There was it was sort of a little bit of a, a little bit. I'm going to say this in a good way. It was a little bit the wild west within 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 the L ones, and and we thought that a lot of we felt that a lot of the features that we've been working on um, within Excalibur would be would be an are a good fit because they're very ecosystem centric they're really designed around you know how individual protocols can utilize the various levers and tools that we've tried to build into excalibur have been um but yeah it's been um and and that, that was a really a large part of it i mean obviously listen we we, we do love the Terra ecosystem but from a code base our 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 development team was most comfortable and familiar with um, with um, a solidity. So you know that wasn't a, that wasn't an immediate option for us. But um, but no, I think I think you know there's a lot of merit to a lot of the L ones. But yeah, Phantom is sort of where we 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 narrowed in, and we also thought there was a, a lot more scope for innovation on the AMM side there. Certainly, and that's what we're going to drill into in just a moment. So, just uh, to give a you know an elevator pitch here, what exactly is Excalibur, and what separates something like Excalibur from uh, something like Spirit Swap or Spooky Swap, or um, you know another deck that is built on Phantom? Yeah, thanks. So, so let, let's let's. Let, I think we'll actually start from what were the problems that we saw. You know, right. we looked we looked at the AMM landscape, and and you know, obviously, you know, there have there have been innovations. I mean, obviously, Uniswap has sort of rebuilt their entire their entire Dex approach. Um, there's been people who have tr- obviously sushi with what Sushi did with farms to begin with, but we sort of looked and we said there's a lot of aspects that we feel that we that need to be addressed, and that's 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 focusing on who all the ecosystem partners are. So, how do you make sure that you know, traders get the best experience. How do you make sure the liquidity providers don't need to be jumping constantly between different uh, protocols um, to try to, you know, achieve the best uh, the best returns? And how do you make sure that projects and protocols that are listing have something that that is dynamic and that is able to serve their needs? So, you know, in in Building it up, we we sort of started to look at that and started started to try to pull together a few pieces. So, you know, for us, one of those cornerstones had to, you know, basically, and it's almost a meme now within all of DeFi, but capital efficiency. We started looking and saying, how do we make sure that, you know, for example, the capital that is in liquidity pools is actively working. So, for example, we we've we've built entirely fluid swap fees. Swap fees can literally range from a single basis point up to 200 basis points being 2%. We put those limits just so that there is a level of control that it's not that uh, you know we can move beyond a, beyond a certain range. But what it means is that within the exact same decks, which historically you couldn't do, you know, you can have relatively efficient stable swaps, you can have you can have uh, you can have what's called normal pairs, but with a lot more granularity. Uh, and you can and you can get all the way up to um, 
you know, high swap fees, which for, especially for new projects can be very useful because what they can do is they can be, you know, a stabilizer. They help to reduce a lot of, they help to make sure that a lot of value from, you know, the initial trading experience is locked and moves back into the back into their own ecosystem, as opposed to just simply going out to uh, short term traders, look, you know, looking for momentum plays. We, we looked at how we can we can use our. We, we looked at things like and, and, and then on the other side, where we really, really have spent a lot of time focused on is is locks and the reason i'll focus i'll say the focus is it's been that fundamentally for a, for any market to work well you need liquidity and you should have confidence that that liquidity is present and and we felt that you know taking the approach that we've taken with locks was all about how do you build up and make sure that liquidity providers who are there and who are providing good stable constant liquidity are the best rewarded and they're the ones who have no reason to go beyond Things like Excalibur who, or anybody else using a lock system like ours. Right. And so what you're talking about here is the, so there's two incentives here. One is that you've got these two tokens, you've got the Grail and Excalibur. Essentially mm -hmm. people use uh, what are called flexible time bolts on Excalibur. Um, and the longer they're in it, obviously, the, you know, the more rewards they get for it. And so, you know, you did mention as well, this flexibility in the, the fees, the customizable fees that essentially allow you know, each swap pair to have uh, fee set between, I think it's 0 0.01 and 2%, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. And so, That's correct. so actually, yeah, let's go into that for a second. How is that, what's happening on the back end there? How is that made possible and how is that uh, sustainable? Well, okay, so the, right now on the back end, it's set up so that the AMM, the AMM itself can modify these swap fees. That's the very first layer. Over time, the, the intention is, uh, as we continue to roll out governance, which we're, we're already actively doing, we would like to actually move a lot of the control over that, possibly over to the community. And also we're working on systems to make that more of a algorithmic process. You know, in the end, if, if, when, as, if you're gonna be a market maker, what you wanna be doing is making sure that you're, you're earning you know, in an ideal world, your fair or slightly, just slightly above your fair share of, of swap volume for the capital that you have locked. And that the reality is, and just I'll just take a, a large pair. For, for a pair like FTM, um, UST or USDC, you know, there may be market conditions that are largely sideways and you'd actually be far better off having extremely low swap fees. Whereas there may be moments of high volatility where irrespective, just due to that shit level of volatility, that, that same pair could ideally have swap fees that are three or four times as high. And in both scenarios, you're just generating income for liquidity providers. But in, in, And in both scenarios, you're making sure that there's a nice fluid working market. And that doesn't require one price at all times. So, you know, we've basically designed it as I said today so that it, it, it's something that right now that the, the team is, is, is managing, managing those swap levels. In time, we're moving that over so that that can actually be, as I said, the majority of that might be set with, set algorithmically and, and where there's projects involved, having a lot of that that, that control move, move over to protocols. And again, as I said, using the, use, there's a lot of use cases for individual protocols where 
you know, they're able to make sure that what works best for their project is what's achieved. And there are times where actually, you know, a relatively high swap fee just simply provides stability and and it and and it makes sure that there's fees being generated for anybody providing liquidity. And by the way, you may see the exact opposite, which is that there can be reasons where protocols want to bring down swap fees, um, their own fees, dramatically lower because they want to, you know, help to stimulate volume generation uh, and really have that on the other end. So, you know, we, we've left that flexibility there. Gotcha. And so with that, knowing that and knowing that it's the protocols and the projects you know, deciding their own, essentially deciding their own fees, you know, those conversations that are being had, are they, is that happening? This is all through the DAO uh, governance proposals or is it like, uh, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Sorry, if you could just repeat the question, I, I don't think I heard it. Sure, yeah. So the question was essentially if the protocols are the ones deciding the fees that they want to have um, on Excalibur, like where are those decisions being made? Is this, are there governance proposals that are going through and this is what's happening from the uh, EXC holders or the Grail holders or right. So, so at the very first step, so if we and, and it's a, I think it's a very fair question. So at the very first step, um, right now, EXC emissions uh, and Grail emissions are are what the the governance proposal proposals are, are moving forward on. So, for example, you know, adding a new project deciding to provide incentives or not uh, in terms of our own emissions that that's coming from from that side uh, modifications of swap fees right now we haven't delegated yet out you could say that the DAO has effectively delegated management of the swap fee levels to to you know Meriden and and members of the the project team but you know as we said that in an ideal world, we'd, we'd rather not have these these sort of controls vested with us, and we'd like to see them move away. But we're we're just sort of working on how we can achieve, uh, in an ideal scenario, both solutions. W one where you where you do allow projects as they list to be able to have some level of control to make sure that it's suitable for their project, while while simultaneously making sure that what I would call you know the flagship uh, token pairs. Uh, are tuned in a way that allows them to just constantly be generating generating a fair share of revenue, and I'll, and just to use that example, especially once you're once you're asking people to time lock, we think there you know conversely there becomes a responsibility to make sure that the system is is working well for those uh, liquidity providers who are helping to give you deep liquidity in those key pairs. So you know it's 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 sort of you know a balance that we're trying to work through how to make sure that we can move as much of this over to the community governance as possible. I mean, one logical approach, if you think about it, uh, over time, is that just the way that emissions get voted on and you end up with gauges as as other protocols have done, and we are we're evaluating, even swap fees themselves can be under the same sort of voting mechanisms. Okay, yeah, serious. And so it sounds like obviously your intention is over time kind of to do what Zoquan and TFL are doing is that ultimately right now is mm, it's not completely decentralized, but eventually they you know they have a kill switch that they want to hit. And mm -hmm. ultimately at the moment for you guys, there's what as far as I know, there's about four or five of you on your team. Eventually you want to be hands off completely. Is that a fair assumption? Oh, 
I think the, I think the, the way that we would like to think about this is as following. I mean, I think decent and you know this the discussion around decentralization is always a hard one because I think that you need to measure. I always recommend taking, you know, for people who can take a look at the code and see how teams think about the controls that they have and and what and what have they done to make sure that it's transparent. Because, as you said, there there decentralization is it's kind of it's it's a goal. You know, I don't even know if it's I don't even know if it's a place, but it's a goal. And and so you know, we we do know that there are controls that that. Do at the moment exist? I mean, there's been very few protocols that I, that you can think through in time that were sort of deployed and there was there was no further control. And and I think those are elegant and beautiful solutions, but they, they are very limited uh, because they, they can't adapt to the mar- to market conditions. And we just want to make sure that you know. So we we sort of added aspects and, and just you know just to use some examples, uh, you know. A lot of our protocol is built around distribution of fee income in an equitable way throughout our platform. So, you know, and I can sort of speak back to EXE and Grail that we were talking about. You know, we, we've separated out our tokens. We've, we've, we've given governance to really Grail holders who are our long-term per- protocol owners or governance and who, who only get that presence by helping to support liquidity on, you know, EXC and the platform in the platform in that way. We've separated out, uh, you know, a portion of swap fees that, that go to basically keeping stable long-term dividends out to them. We've tried to make sure that, that, you know, ecosystem partners through referrals have a fee stream. We've tried to, we've created dedicated fee streams that go to our SAFU fund, which funds, you know, securing insurance additional audits and 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 paying out uh, uh bug bounties you know a, really to take a protocol and say this protocol is going to have to continue to exist do so on chain but make sure that there's f- some flexibility to adjust where the fees are going based on what the protocol needs will mean that as we said somebody is going to have to control that uh and and that probably will come down to you know governance being in place by the governance needing to decide, you know, who do we put in control of each of these aspects? And, and so truly complete, truly decentralized governance, I think is, is a dream that none of us are close enough to, but we're getting closer. Sure. And, and yeah, I, I totally, I'm, I'm with you hundred percent of the way there. I think it's, there is a trade-off, you know, there's this, um, Decentralization is obviously important, particularly when you have centralized powers that are, uh, you know, doing mm, things that are not in the best interest of others, or uh, you know, overtly they're overtly nefarious or sinister. Um, the trade-off is that lots of decentralization tends to lend itself to, I guess, more chaos and less structure, and more centralization tends to lead to more structure. Now, that, that's probably not like a black and white statement. But as an observation, um, things can be faster moving when there is a, you know, a, a key decision maker somewhere. And so I know that people for years have talked about, uh, you know, benevolent dictators having people, you know, essentially be, I think even in a way, Do Kwon would be falling in that category a bit. You know, he is the guy that created the chain, the, the, the current or the tokens, and still calls a lot of the shots. But the end goal is, you know, build something that is, virtually self-sustaining and then be able to 
you know, uh, sort of escape out of the back door. And so I guess there's a question, you know, for you, how important is decentralization and what does it mean for you? What does it mean? I heard on another uh, podcast that you were on uh, with the Thorstarter guys, you were talking about you chose Phantom because uh, you like the decentralization of it. Um, how important is it for you? So a simple answer, it's highly important. And, and, and the reason I think it's highly important is because, you know, even if you take just the very notion of an AMM, uh, and, and I sort of, I sort of, for me, this becomes a, a, a paired, a pair, a pairing of decentralization and, and democratizing, um, you know, financial access, you know, you want, you know, the, the reality is anytime things become centralized in time, the opportunities can be restricted and they can be made only available to a select few by, by, and, and in theory, even with, even with decentralization through governance, the same risks eventually can start to creep in, but at least it's in the hands of the people themselves who are, are utilizing, uh, utilizing those protocols and, and, and guiding them. So, you know, I think, I, I think that it would, I don't know, I'm trying to find the right words here. For us, it's very clearly a goal. And I think, and I'll, I'll use the example that you said for Tara. Doquan and the, T, and the TFL team have been highly respective of governance proposals. The fact is that they, that what, where people vote and what people decide is what they implement. Do they have, do they have a say? Absolutely. But if, if tomorrow the, the, the community as a whole decides something in a different direction and they don't implement it, then you do really start to ask questions about, you know, how, how, how committed are we to, to that goal? Um, I think the only thing I will just say is that I think you just want to keep spending a bit of time to put the, the proper guardrails in to make sure that you don't end up with you know, bad actors who are who are trying who are utilizing um, utilizing that decentralized control in in ways that do, do not reflect the, the collective will. Uh, I mean, I'm just thinking about thinking back to you know recent ex, you know you know on chain governance exploits. I think there's a lot of I, I think a lot of you know a lot of people involved in that space are are taking hits and they're taking hits on behalf of all of us to help hopefully create a system that does have robust on-chain governance. And, 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 and as I said, the, the exploits of those hits are sort of a consequent cost. We know that, that th those risks will exist. We're just trying to make sure we spend a little bit of time uh, to make sure that as we, you know, as we hand things over, we've done so in a way that we at least feel confident we've done so in a stable manner and something, and hopefully we've left something in people's hands that has that, um, that longevity now to it. Mm, right. And piggybacking or continuing the theme of decentralization, you know, what, what is actually required to set up a DEX? Hmm. Okay. Well, uh, I think what's the best way to answer this? I mean, well, I, maybe I, I'd probably, I'm not sure if we're going to answer this the way you're probably thinking, but I mean, I think, I think at the simplest level you need, you need, you need traders and you need liquidity and 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 obviously you know in the end uh, most innovations that have happened in and around dexes have been have been built off of you know off the shoulder off standing on the shoulders of legends in terms of what uh, uniswap initially did and others have continued to refine and build on but um 
Yeah. So, you know, but at its core, what what, what do you need to make it a, a DEX work? You need liquidity and you need traders. And I think, uh, you know, partially, you know, I think and I think you've got a, a world of you've got a space that is now a lot more fragmented. So it becomes a lot harder to get the eyeballs of of traders. And it's not even the eyeballs of mo most trading volume now across chains happens uh sort of at contract levels uh, it's really a lot of keeping markets in balance and um and how do you get liquidity by making sure that that liquidity is working better than any other decks can allow that liquidity to, to, to work i i know I'm, I'm guessing that's not the way you were asking the question though you're probably asking more like in terms of setting up the contracts maintaining the the front end things like that or yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking more in that on that technical standpoint. And if you're happy to have that conversation, I'm happy to go there with you. If not, I'm also happy to pivot. Well, yeah, you know. So I, I will. I will say this. So while I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not the technical person within our team. I mean, I, that I think I've been blessed to be to have to to join a team where we've got uh, between uh, Mirrod and, per, and Percival, our our you know our lead developer, Solidity developer, and our lead developer. Uh, two tech leads who are, are so deeply versed. I, I would uh, that I almost uh, I almost cringe when be, because anytime we sit and we strategize on new ideas, they 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 find beautiful, elegant solutions to implement them. So I probably just take it for granted how much work goes into maintaining the decks now behind. Uh, so maybe I'm not going to be the best person to answer that question. Yeah, that's totally fine. It's, it's sort of like the analogy I provide there for people often is. It's kind of like, you know, uh, emails. Everyone, everyone sends an email every day. <laughs> everyone knows how to send an email, and it's just an easy user experience for the most part. But there's there's years and years of uh, and iterations, different reiterations of code to make it possible to send the emails. And it's like you don't you don't have to know how to do it. You don't know how to, how to know the technical details. So it's not overly important. I think it's just more my curious. My curious mind is always like, hmm, I wonder what they're doing. How is it happening on the back end? What are the mechanics? Um, so, you know, that's a conversation I'm sure I'll have at some point with someone somewhere. But to kind of piggyback what you're saying about the attracting the liquidity and the traders, you know, I did hear you say in another, in another uh, podcast you were talking about the goal ultimately for Excalibur is to have the deepest and the most efficient trading pools on all the Phantom. You know, we're what a month and a half into the journey officially. How's it going, and what's the roadmap to making that happen? Great question. Um, so, uh, so uh, do we have the deepest pools on all of Phantom today? No, we don't. Not yet. But we we continue to work, and I think that uh, you know that that goal of the deepest liquidity pools was really about making sure that what I would call the flagship pools of of the protocol are the deepest and, and and so if i have to focus on them those will be those will be pools like uh ftm ust which for us is our flagship pool we we obviously through our partnership with uh with with tfl we 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 are uh the first uh ust centric uh uh, protocol on Phantom in terms of uh, a DEX, and you know we want to keep building up that deep liquidity. So I think that has been an area where we have had great success. We our lock mechanisms have worked as intended. I mean, I think 
we there have been situations where markets are volatile, markets are not, but the the locks have have rewarded long-term capital providers, for, at least for the, the length of time that we've been running. And, and we've seen a lot of value in it, and we've seen a lot of value in that lock mechanism now. And I think you'll slowly see more happening with that lock mechanism, both in terms of protocols who list on Excalibur, who are able to use the, the lock mechanism through uh, dual staking rewards, which we're now going to be rolling out in, in, in uh, sort of within our, within our, uh, within our roadmap. That they'll really be able to now control their own liquidity in a way that lets them sort of target how the incentives are given. So, you know, one of the proofs that we did for that, uh, and I think, you know, definitely if if people on the on the on the um, the, the Twitter space haven't had a chance to check it out yet, you know, do go to Excalibur.exchange, and what you're going to find is that, uh, you know, incentivization for the UST FTM pool. Uh, is is a combination of EXE itself, but also UST that's been that's been provided as an incentive from uh, from the Terra community. And and where is that liquidity? Um, where are those incentives? Those incentives are, are from Terra only go to people who stake for thirty days. Now, why? And, and and that makes entirely logical sense. Terra's goal is to develop deep liquidity. Uh, with UST, with the you know the apex token of of the chain, and in that scenario, being able to target your incentives to the people who are who are working the most and and, and providing the most ability toward that goal, you know, makes perfect sense. Um, beyond that, you know, I think the other thing that we're really spending time on is the next version of our Master Chef, because you know, without getting into all the details, you know, we. What we're trying to look at is how how can we take those locked liquidity positions, which which are fundamental to creating that deep liquidity, and how do we provide receipts for them, NFTs for them, things that will allow those those assets to then further work within the ecosystem, because they've already by being locked in, they already fulfill that purpose of of creating deep liquidity, and and we do we all know there's been many protocols that have done, you know. Uh, that do token locking for VE and for 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 other for other power, but 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 that in the end is just um, helping to direct lock liquidity has that uh, uh, lock liquidity in of itself has that utility built in and and you know with that Excalibur is working we are compensating for that I think you're going to find a lot of other people who work with us compensating for that and. And still being able to give you something that hopefully you can monetize if you need to in between. Uh, I don't. It'll take time for liquid markets to arrive, but there'll be other things that can be done with those, with those receipts. Um, and and as we mentioned, I, I think the last one is just constantly working to try to make sure that our, the dynamic swap fees can respond to, to market conditions. And so we keep testing and looking at within our roadmap how we're going to keep incorporating that so that, again, at all times, we'd like to make sure that that capital is working efficiently and thereby liquidity providers, the protocol, everybody is earning from making sure that that capital is productive. Awesome. Sounds very clear. And I love, you know, as you were talking about the, say, UST phantom uh, pools that you got there at the moment, and the US, uh, you got UST, USDC, and you've got UST EXC. They're the three UST uh, pools that you've got currently available on Excalibur. And that's actually how I found out about Excalibur was, I don't know, maybe a month ago or so. A friend 
But hey, check out the amazing APRs over here for the EXC UST pool uh, to earn Grail. I think at that time it was in the you know high hundreds, um, as in probably like seven hundred plus or something. I think now it's down for the locked one. It says here three sixty one percent, and unlocked is two forty one percent. So the APRs are still quite high um, mm -hmm. for that pool there. But as far as mm, yeah, with the dual reward, so I'm looking at the other two options, so USTFTM and USTUSDC, where you can earn both EXC and UST, um, which that's awesome, by the way. That's really cool. So what you're saying is with future uh, dual reward pools, typically the rewards will be something similar where it's EXC and then the, the native token of whatever uh, part of that it maybe it could be the native token. It could be a UST incentive as well. I mean, I think, I think that you know, there's a lot of uh, you know, it, it could be either. So, for example, we do know that uh, there have been some governance proposals passed uh, to really help to encourage people to to pair up with UST. And you know, we're definitely working very, uh, very hard with with the TFL team that, you know, as protocols want to look, they want to list, we want to be there, their support mechanism for the US for, for, for swapping in and out of UST, because we have historically been one of the better uh, markets for having UST liquidity. And I think, as you said, you need to have that strong liquidity for UST itself to then be able to support others to list in US, list their pair against UST. Fantastic. And so what I'll do as well, so just take a moment, anyone that's listening that is potentially getting some questions coming up in their head, if you are wanting to jump up and ask Galahad a question, you're most welcome to just shoot through the request to speak and I will grant you that permission to come and have a conversation. Um, but regarding, so we're talking specifically wormhole. So what's being used here is wormhole uh, UST and wormhole Luna, obviously wormhole being the bridge that allows uh, you know, interaction between Solana, Aurora, Avalanche, Binance Smart Chain, Ethereum, Phantom, Oasis, Polygon, Terra. Oh, I just broke this. I just broke the thing I was standing on. Oops. Um, nearly had a broken ankle there. I'm back. Ooh. Okay. So the just recently we had a uh, an exploit. There was a, a hacking. Sorry. What what happened with? Uh, can you tell us a bit about the wormhole? Uh, what happened with wormhole about a month ago? And if there's ever any sort of issues with that uh, affecting something like, or your exchange, uh, Excalibur. Yeah, great question. Um, so, what I, from what I understand, the wormhole exploit, which was, I believe, for was for ETH bridged between uh, uh, ETH mainnet and Solana. Uh, that's at least my recollection, and 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 it sort of dealt with. Um, uh, I, I guess being able to pass some uh, faked signatures back and forth that allowed effectively the the Ethereum uh, that was locked up in in the wormhole bridge to be to be extracted, and that's been and I think that's probably still the biggest uh, exploit of one of the bridges. Um, uh, it was one of the biggest exploits, and since then there have been you know countless other bridge exploits. But I think you know one thing that I think. Definitely. I mean, obviously, all of that that predates our activity. But more importantly, I think you know the fact that uh, the backers and the team around Wormhole stepped in, made sure that nobody was at a loss. It, I think it, I think it re-solidified uh, their 
wormholes importance within you know the broader broader DeFi community and and crypto community in terms of how it links to other bridges. And I think that's partially the reason that I think you've seen a lot of a lot of liquidity uh, and a lot of a lot of chain a lot of protocols and chains sort of center around wormhole now, because you just know that there is there is a collective consensus that it will be supported. Um, it, it, you can have a debate about centralization and decentralization related to that. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I don't think it's something that's been a big concern of ours. You know, we, while, you know, while as a protocol, we do, we've built ourselves from day one to be multi-chain. Uh, right now we're focusing on Phantom and, and, you know, when, when we get to that stage of uh, of further expansion, I, I think, you know, we will be very careful uh, how we work with bridges, but if we have to work with one, I mean, wormhole is one that I think we'd feel very comfortable working with. Gotcha. And so, you know, you did just say a second ago that one day you'd like to be multi-chain. Um, of course, we've got uh, ThorSwap, the multi-chain DEX, uh, which mm-hmm. is having some great success at the moment and is uh, making making some strides. You know, what do you see as because I look at I look at ThorSwap and I use it quite regularly and I, I look at it and I go, I feel like this is going to have a be a pretty big player in the future. And so mm-hmm. when you have multi-chain uh, decentral you know a multi-chain decentralized exchange that enables you know very quick and easy uh, cross-chain swaps, what what happens? What do you see that you know for the future of um, unique chain or special you know just specific chain? Uh, exchanges. What does that mean? What does that mean for centralized exchanges and decentralized exchanges that only cater to one chain? Well, so I I think that the scenario where you'll have a DEX that's more centered around uh, a single chain is because it it serves a wider ecosystem purpose where where it, it is it is actually focused, for example, on making sure that it is incentivizing and surf- and being a source for discovery for protocols on that chain. It's not so easy for a sushi to say that, well, we're going to make sure that we, we identify, and this is kind of like the more um, bespoke aspects to it, which are a little harder as you, get, you, get, you, you gain scale, but that we're going to be the ones who identify and have liquidity and incentivize, you know, the 10 most innovative new products on each chain. I mean, they're just, there's no, it's, it's almost inconceivable that they, the, the bandwidth would exist to do that. Uh, so, so when, when you have DEXs that I think focus on a, on a specific chain, it's because they're, they're building a lot of features to expand out the ecosystem there. We're, we're doing the same thing. The only thing is, as we said, today there is a certain amount of manual work that we have to do. As we continue to be able to decentralize a lot of these controls, we then feel comfortable that a lot of the features that we built scale will scale well as they enter other chains because they won't require as much um, uh, active maintenance. So that's I don't know if that's, if that's the right term because we think we'll be able to get to a point where a lot more of that control can be handed over to the community and it can be and that can be handled in a more decentralized manner. Uh, but it will require, and I think this is one of those challenges. Most communities for most tokens develop first on one chain, and it is sometimes hard to get that governance and that that level of of uh, community support as you extend into other chains. Gotcha. And do you look at just out of curiosity, because I know that obviously you're across what's happening on Terra. Are, are you invested in in the Terra ecosystem? Like, are you are you a Luna holder? 
I I'm, I hold Luna. I hold, and, and I've got I've got some USTs. Uh, a, I guess a UST. So yeah, I, I do. But I will admit it's not it's not my biggest position. But and and I, I regret that I I didn't see it earlier. Uh, I will say it's it's taken me personally a lot of time to get comfortable with how uh, you know how UST works within the ecosystem, and and then and then. And then look and say it was kind of obvious to begin with it, and I just I didn't get it early enough to understand it. Yeah, that's pretty much everyone who is everyone. <laughs> I'm sure I understood this better earlier, um, but you know you can't always you can't always get it right. Um, but as long as you're holding some, you know that's the main thing. But do you see as far as mm, I'm just thinking like for, in terms of like partnerships, collaborations, things of that nature? What else? So. Yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, so, so yeah, no, we are, so as I said, we're in regular contact with the, with the foundation to just understand, you know, the requirements of any project that wants to be looking and doing and, uh, and having more activity on the phantom ecosystem. You know, I think that, I think we, we, we'd like to think of ourselves as, uh, you know, sort of a beachhead for, for the ecosystem over onto Phantom. So, you know, we're in regular contact with them. We, we even end up having chats a little more broadly beyond Excalibur about, you know, what can be done, what could be done. And, and we try to be a good bouncing, a good partner and a bouncing, a bouncing pad for ideas. Um, but I think, you know, I'll say this, I mean, obviously the, the Terry ecosystem has a lot happening. Um, there's, and, and, and so, you know, I think Phantom is 100% on, on the radar, but it's also that it'll take time because I think, you know, in many ways, when we talk about other protocols that are on Terra, they're just getting started. And so they need to, I think, get take hold, uh, build their strength within that ecosystem, and then we'll further branch out. Obviously, Anchor has already extended out. Uh, they're, they're now live on Avalanche. I know Phantom is being looked at. What timelines? That's... Uh, that, that, that's that's sort of above my pay grade. Got it. And so I have a question around, uh, just to, to sort of deviate from Terra for two seconds, the Thor starter. Did you yes. <clears throat> talk to us talk to us about working uh, with Thor starter? You know, what was that experience like? Um, any suggestions to anyone that, you know, maybe listening who might be starting a protocol or has something going that is looking to launch? Like what's, what's that experience like? So you know we we had a, we had a number of uh, we had a number of launch pads that we worked with uh, as we as we moved forward and uh, to bring it, to to do our fair launch uh, for Excalibur um, and you know I think I will definitely say this Tor Starter was definitely one of the more enjoyable teams that we worked with uh, because we probably we spent a lot of time with them on on actually the product and walking it through walking through it with them and them understanding it and them also being very comfortable with how we've with the sort of product we were bringing forward and i think we you know as a team that's been focused on building a product you, you just love dealing with people who are also about the product uh so i think that you know that aspect was was really enjoyable uh they've launched product they've launched protocols um within the the, the terra ecosystem they were now starting to to launch and look, be looking at Phantom, and so we just thought that it was it was just such a natural, given what we were already doing with uh, with TFL, to be working with Thor Starter if it was possible, and and yeah, we were, we were just really happy it came together, um, and uh, yeah, so I mean, I, and and I think that uh, you know, as you said, the, 
everything around uh, you know Tor Swap and and, and 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 is really about cross chain interoperability. So you know, I think they're a great ambassador for you know for people who want to work sort of you know and, and collaborate cross chain. And so I think for, you know. In some ways, they were a very nice bridge for the activities we've been doing with the Terra, within Terra. Even though I know they're not Terra themselves, they, 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 blockchain, it all exists on its own, but it is about those connections. Certainly, yeah. I, I, I look at it as being one of the most symbiotic uh, relationships as far as uh, chains goes. I think you know, all the Thor chads and the, and the lunatics would all agree it's, it's one of the most... Uh, yeah, symbiotic relationships that there is. But, um, I, yeah, being part of the Terra ecosystem is just like, you know, <laughs> having UST in a suite of algorithmic stablecoins, decentralized stablecoins, um, be the main product, be the main focus. Um, and just it means that there's so many more opportunities. There's just, just an immense, unfathomable amount of opportunities, um, you know, for the tokens to gain uh, or to proliferate and uh, become used worldwide across all these different chains. And obviously, you know, you guys are rocking it on Phantom. And I, I love that about you. That's why I reached out and said, let's have a chat. Um, and I know that, you know, you've got the team's, what, a handful of people at the moment. Are you looking to expand? Is there any, you know, are there any job ops there at the moment for anyone that might be listening who's a dev or anything like that? So, you know, I think one area that we're we're definitely looking at bulking up is uh, some additional resources on our on our marketing side and sort of collaborations uh, because you know we we keep talking to new projects but you know one of the biggest challenges is as we said the phantom ecosystem is so decentralized that actually sometimes it's a little hard to figure out who's who's planning and building on phantom there's where some of the other chains have a let's call it a little bit more of a clearinghouse approach so it's a little easier to identify so. We're definitely looking at adding some resources on that front. Um, on the on the development side, uh, you know, again, if somebody is really interested, especially if they, you know, if they've got experience, um, if they've got experience that they think can add to what we're doing, we're, we're we're always happy and looking. But but you know, for the most part, one thing I think you will see is that our goal is to keep the team relatively. Um, tight because we, we you know our our turnaround cycle is actually really quick i mean i think you know we we've been pretty much on a TikTok basis every about two weeks we've been rolling out a new set of features um that just continues to or features or let's call it the iterations that we knew we would keep doing once we were live so you know you know since we've launched we've already uh, we've already launched our our bonding mechanisms uh the first trial bonding we've got a lot more use cases that'll be built around that and then we think can be very useful for for uh for a dex we we have um we we we've already been we're working on gauges as i mentioned our our master chef 2 which will include sort of receipts or nfts uh for the for locked positions uh and there's a few more things but i don't think i can mention all of them because we're just sort of uh talking to a lot of partners for how we can really collaborate because you know as we said one of our things is that we want to be we want to be um i guess put it this way we'd rather we'd rather be in a part of a much larger ecosystem than just trying to be a big part of our our own little space. Um, but I'm thinking the most immediate next launch uh, or, or thing that we're going to roll out is going to be, um, well, basically our own launch model. So 
for for anybody, I'm guessing most of them won't be familiar. We we really spent a lot of time looking at what a fair launch looks like, and so we came up with our fair liquidity launch, where we we basically did an we did an open period where all people could contribute. All capital that was raised was paired up and issued with EXC. Um, you know, fifty percent of the capital raised was paired up with EXC, and everybody received liquidity positions who contributed in our fair launch. And the other half went to Grail, which, um, as we said, is sort of the long-term governance. It supports the long-term governance through law, through you know, relatively longer-dated, stable um, dividends. So you know, we we we've definitely had a lot of interest on how a model like this can be used because it does create a very it creates the right alignment uh, in terms of uh, token holders because. Because they're actually not even just holding tokens, they actually are holding the liquidity of the platform. And, and by doing it that way, rather than you know most launches where you raise a lot of money and it's the team itself who then uh, you know ha- hold on to the liquidity or lock liquidity, here the liquidity in of itself has been decentralized from day one across uh, across the the community. And I think we 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 found that that has worked well because something that you can choose to own or sell puts the decision to you and i think it's 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 a lot more of an empowered way to to sort of deal with bootstrapping up liquidity and and growing protocols fantastic so do you have a, a timeline for when the uh the nfts uh the nft rewards might be a thing huh. i don't want to put a set date to it because you know we Obviously, there's an entire process where we are working with a few other protocols that we want to make sure that they all go through and we get the functionalities built the way that we want to. But we've got where we're in active discussions and work is already on on the go. But it's definitely one of the more challenging things that we'll be working on. Uh, it's sort of, you know, as I said, it's, it's, it's proof of liquidity, a proof of lock, you know, which is really saying that, you know, how do you make sure that you can hold those lock positions and really make them a lot more usable in the ecosystem. Uh, so it's it's not the easiest item, but yes, well, it's been worked on. I don't want to put a set date to it. Because uh, I don't, yeah, I don't want to put a set date to that one. Uh, and what I'll do one last time, I'll just put it out there. Anyone that is listening that may have a question, uh, please speak now or forever hold your peace. Uh, we've got a few minutes left in this call. And so I just want to make sure that if you have a question, you have a chance to have it answered. Um, and while you're considering what your question may be, uh, I just want to check in with Galahad. Is there anything that you were wanting to uh, say today that hasn't been yet said? Any questions that I haven't asked that you were you know, would hope to have been asked? Oh, well, now, now you're putting me in your shoes. Um, well, actually, maybe maybe why don't we just take a few moments? I mean, how how do you feel about um, you know, obviously UST, but also the broader Terra ecosystem, how it how it's looking at entering other L ones like you know Phantom and Avalanche and, and and Arbitrum and stuff. I mean, how how do you feel that fits within that the wider discussion around how um, how the ecosystem is expanding? Ah, the whole role reversal. Um, <laughs> I feel bullish. I feel I feel bullish overall. I think you know I'm I'm a, a big decentralization advocate. Um, I think that this is just a necessity. Obviously, you know, you can just look at recent examples of uh, people not being able to access their funds and, you know, all the protesters in Canada that were having their uh, access to their funds 
or, and, and raise funds via GoFundMe and all that. There's just, I feel like personally, I think there's a massive need for decentralized money uh, in the world. And um, of course, you know, Bitcoin, the big daddy got this whole ball rolling started. I got this whole ball rolling back in 2009. And the, the thing with Bitcoin is that it's a volatile asset. You know, it does, it's, well, what is it, 40,000 ish at the moment? I haven't looked at the charts lately, but, um, you know, from basically less than a dollar to 40,000, it's a lot of, it's a big difference in price versus if you have a stable coin that is, you know, paid to a dollar, um, that becomes highly, highly usable. And uh, I think that, the, yeah, I think all the partnerships that are being formed, you know, obviously we've got collateral from Avalanche now available on uh, Anchor Protocol. We've got, uh, there's something else I had the other day too, actually. Now I'm thinking about it. My brain is just melting at the moment. I've been immersed in so much uh, Teradap Expo uh, organizing that I'm just trying to think of the most basic things. But um, assets, here we go. What was the other one? There it is, Adam. I'll oh, be Adam. That's right. Um, yeah, so all these partnerships are happening. I think it's, it's essential. It's, it's, in, it's inevitable and it's essential. And I think the way it's being done, it's like, well, how else would you do it? You just continue to continue to operate uh, and conduct. Well, when I say yourself, I just mean everything terror related. Conduct yourself in a way where you in, you encourage and incentivize people to want to use the product, being the stable coins. And so, obviously, working with exchanges like yourself. Um, also getting involved in all the, the curve finance, the four pools and all that. Um, yeah, probably a, probably a bit of a meandering answer, but I think I, I don't know what I, I don't know what I would do differently. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the giga brain uh, that's the architect of all this. And I'm not, I certainly don't proclaim to have all the answers. I'm just a guy who uh, personally invests and has, has a, I hope that the future is more decentralized than it currently is. And so I'm always open to hearing uh, people's thoughts on that. Hence why I love chatting to people such as yourself, Galahad. Well, we, we, we have our role. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, everyone does. From the, from the builders yeah. to, the, to the users um, and obviously all the people on the call that listen to these conversations and then have conversations of their own with their friends and family. It's all, it, it all contributes to the whole picture. Um, and I think, yeah, I think, what are we now, 2022? It's still early days. It's it's still like it really is. It's still so early. DeFi's really only started kicking off in 2019. Um, well, not even kicking off. It was you know, the advent was like 2019. So I think um, the the full power of DeFi is not being completely harnessed yet. Um, same with NFTs. I think I don't get me wrong. I've got <laughs> I spent way too much money on it in liquid JPEGs, but um, I I think the the true powers are still yet to be harnessed. So. I'm uh, I'm very grateful that people like yourself value decentralization and are creating creating things such as the Excalibur Exchange to help people uh, participate in that future. I, well, absolutely. And and while I feel compelled to make this one joke, but you know, I'm glad you have liquid JPEGs. Most of mine are illiquid. But no, no, I I said illiquid. I definitely. Oh, you did illiquid. say illiquid. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I'm like I'm like great because most of I, I don't think I. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I've got, I've got, I've got a few, good, I've got a few good ones that have done very well, but I've, I've got a lot of ones that are just probably, you know, I'm going to sell them at a loss someday, or I'll just hold them forever and admire them in my little personal gallery. But um, 
yeah, either way, it's it's great to be part of this experiment. You know, I wouldn't be anywhere else to be honest. It's I really I feel very fortunate that I've landed myself uh, a gig with the guys at Orbital Command, and I feel very fortunate that I get to have these conversations uh, regularly. You know, I'm talking to lots of people building on Terra, and of course, speaking to yourself building outside of Terra. It's all it is all uh, values aligned with me. So. Yeah, whether or not I'm buying JPEGs that I'll never sell, um, it's really irrelevant. I think at the end of the day, it's all, it's, it's the culture, you know? It's the culture, Great. it's the tech, it's the movement. So, Galahad, what I'll do is I'll say to anyone that's listening, if you haven't yet used Excalibur Exchange, app.excalibur.exchange, that is the best place to do so. Um, if there's anything that from this conversation that still doesn't feel clear to you, you can learn more by clicking the Medium article links at the bottom of the page. There is a Twitter link as well, which will take you to Excalibur Define. That is the handle. Uh, there's, of course, a Discord channel if you're into that, if that's your thing. Personally, too overwhelming for me, Discord. Uh, and Telegram as well at Excalibur Exchange. Best place to interact with uh, Galahad and the team at Excalibur. So thank you all for joining today. Thank you for TerraSpaces. As per usual, do a phenomenal job at recording all these spaces. Uh, we've got a whole month dedicated. Basically, this next month is going to be DAPs appearing at the expo. Who we'll be having conversations with. But in the meantime, thank you for coming on today, Galahad, and having a. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was the Excalibur DeFi AMA hosted by Orbital Command, recorded on Friday, April 29th, two thousand twenty-two. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Mutation. It is the key to our evolution. It has enabled us to evolve from a single-celled organism into the dominant species on the planet. This process is slow, normally taking thousands and thousands of years. But every few hundred millennia, evolution leaps forward. Diving through the forest, looking for the door to the portal. Said it'll take me down a corridor. I'm ignoring the warning, storing importance. The cord looks source from ancient coordinates. Smells like musty mutants, trust me. I've been hunting bugs since the leaves started rustling. I must be getting close, yo, the scene is disgusting. Parasitic mutation, bleaching off the country. Grab a couple samples and defy their custody. Feeding gamma rays to the beast at peak velocity. Mutating awesomely, pre-sado wanna me. Taking all the scraps and beat them to the lottery. Always evolving to defy the possibly These are the things that will scream irresponsibly Feeling uneasy, these genes get them off of me I don't mean to trip it, am I mutating properly? We are the mutants We are the mutants We are the mutants We are the mutants Unlock the lab, it's time to do this Breathing getting heavy, I can feel it in my arms, but I can't stop now. Mutation. It's an art form, don't be alarmed. If you see me looking odd when I'm out on the farm, spinning crop circles in your yard, reaching the stars, need a way to get across. Got this little mutation, lets me hack key cards. Seen looking like it came out the first three saws. Flexing like Rex when I mutate the precog. Leaders trying to research this genetic seesaw. Give me all the science and we'll leave you with the pre-slaw. Riders believe they bleed these endorsements, turning scientists into terrorist supporters. Gotta seize the spoils and release the spores. It's time to forage through DNA lore. So sink it a swim, silly Alice, take the pill and see. We're all mad here, taking over your facility. We are the mutants. We are the mutants. We are the mutants.
Terror spaces. <laughs> 